0: Hello, and welcome to the first episode of my podcast, Misguided. My name is Ja'Kai Gibson, and I am here with one of my best friends, Soraya John. And we're going to talk about toxic masculinity in the African-American community. Say hi, Soraya. Hey, guys. What's up? Okay. So first of all, we're going to start on our background. So Saraya, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Well, I am. Soraya John, and I am a senior at Tallwood High School. I am an African-American female with some Caribbean descent, and yeah.
0: Okay, I am Ja'Kai Gibson. I also go to the Tallwood Academy, the Global Studies and World Languages Academy. Um, I'm from Wilmington, Delaware. I moved to Virginia when I was about 11. Um, Both of my parents are African-American. I have some Native American descent in me. But um, yeah, so today we're basically just going to talk about um, just overall mm-hmm. aspects in the African-American community and how they relate back to toxic masculinity. So the first thing I wanted to ask you, Soraya, was about your mm-hmm. experiences with toxic masculinity in African-American culture.
1: Well, most of my experiences with toxic mas- masculinity in the African-American culture come from my the fa- the male figures in my life, uh, specifically my father and specifically my I guess romantic relationships. Um, there have been plenty of times where, um, you know, the just the dynamic in my house, the way that uh, my father grew up. He's Caribbean. He's from Guyana. And the way that he grew up, he absorbed the you know, the male dominance, uh, I guess culture that they come from into his own house and his own family now. And, you know, it's just some of the things that he does, it just seems a little bit unfair, drastic, but he does it because that's what he's used to. He's used to men being the dominant figure and he is ex- Exudes his dominance on his wife and his children in ways that, you know, can be a little not detrimental, but a little impairing to our family dynamic. But he doesn't see it that way because that's how he grew up. So, this generational uh, toxic masculinity in our community has it's just been continuing. And then I see that in men that I've dated where they just think that it's okay to treat women any sort of way and that they're just supposed to, you know, attend to them and things like that. But, you know, it's kind of up to newer generations to try and break that cycle that men should fit a certain role
0: I completely understand where you like where you're coming from you have a you have a, a a older brother right yes how do you think like this like this newer generation like how is it like how is it like started with him you know like how has like your like your father's transitions like or i'm sorry your mm-hmm. father's um traditions mm-hmm. like transitioned into like your uh brother and like how is he taking in how does like he responds to like toxic masculinity in the community
1: well i can't i can't really say how um i'm not really sure how he treats women, but i can say hmm i can say that he is i can't say based on his views on the l g b t community that you know you know, you know, like small things like, Oh, if some dude says something let's say let's say a guy would come up to my brother and be like, Hey, you're cute He would be like, Whoa, that sus da or like that's gay as an insult or something something along those lines. You know, slick yeah. comments like that um exist in our generation and you know, just how my brother views the um views how men are supposed to act um he just has a very I guess impaired view on sexuality because of that
0: it's yeah I think it's like you know like it's not as bad as older generations with us but I feel like there are still like slight insecurities like Mm -hmm. implanted here and there yeah I feel like I feel like like as like as those like are implanted I feel like As we like grow up, they'll like they'll become they'll like grow with us and they'll eventually become like something like more like I I don't want to say evil, but more like negative in a way.
1: Yeah. As like women, you know, as the (laughs) feminist movement grows, you know, we we have came like to terms with the idea of women in power and things like that. But the LGBT community is still um, trying to make its way into, I don't want to say like the mainstream platform, but just like making their way to equality in our society. So yeah, maybe toxic masculinity and its effects on the feminist movement have been uh, mitigated, like the issues have been mitigated, but the way that masculinity views the LGBT community is still, um, you know, yeah.
0: And I would, I would say, I would go so far as to say, like, the LGBTQ community is going through their own, like, civil rights movement right now.
1: Right. Right.
0: And so. it's, you know,
1: our country has always been, you know, ruled by men. So, you know, just African-American, I guess, you know, post-colonial theory, whatever. African-American toxic masculinity is evolving within these different movements.
0: Yeah. And in my opinion, I feel like it's it, it makes it easier in a way, but it also makes it more difficult because for African-American men, um, it always like racism will always play a part in like some aspect of um the life of African-Americans. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in terms of masculinity, African-American men haven't had as many chances and as many opportunities to succeed as like a white man would have
1: yeah and therefore
0: yeah and therefore you know like maybe they will want to exhibit masculine traits in other ways that aren't like success and stability and stoicism that um that they can't really like exhibit because they don't have the opportunities and therefore they like manifest into like more negative things like maybe, like, lack of lack of emotion, just things like that, like, like insensitivity.
1: That is a really good point, because, you know, white men, they can um, exert their power into the world and their dominance into the world by having all these opportunities, educational opportunities and political roles and all that stuff, when Black men, most, the majority of them can only exercise that dominance in their communities, which ends up being bad, like in their neighborhoods, which ends up being bad, turning, in, turning them into um, I guess notoriously women beaters and drug dealers and all that type of stuff because that's what they can um, afford to be in power in their neighborhoods and communities. Um, the the government has already gave black people, um, has already hindered black people into from having the same opportunities that white people have in general, just black people in general. But when you dumb it down to just African-American men, it just makes it so much worse. One out of three African-American men in the entire United States will end up in incarcerated in their lifetime. So just saying that, I think the ratio for um, white men is like one in seven. So that alone is just an example of how how much mas- toxic masculinity disproportionately affects African American men than white men.
0: Yeah, and I think you you have like really good like points and like view points and perspectives on this because your topic is mass incarceration, All right? So, like you can provide like that uh that perception of it or that perspective but right,
1: like black men get incarcerated in like in every state, the incarceration rate for black men is in the thousands, like a thousand over a thousand black men out of a hundred thousand in each state are incarcerated whereas white men it's like 200 300 something
0: yeah i just want to say for record guys like we're not like bashing like yeah black men. we're not bashing white men we're just like saying things like this is like what we've seen this is like what we've read about these it's, are like, the facts is, yeah we're not like we're not like saying like we hate white men or we hate black men or anything no like that. no these are the facts like
1: it's really it's really not something that people think about because all on the media you see black people, black men committing all these crimes, black men's faces and mugshots and all this stuff. And you don't you don't even think about it, you just be like, Oh, and then in your head, that's all you see is then of the idea of what a criminal looks like. Yeah, that's what these people are seeing. Thing. Right. Subconsciously. Like outright you'd be like oh of course I know everybody all types of people commit crimes but when you see a black man a black man on the corner of a street or running down the street or whatever the case may be you obviously some people or most people subconsciously might think what are they up to
0: yeah I um I want to try to relate this like back a little bit into like the like the grand scheme of, like, toxic masculinity. Go ahead. So I was kind of thinking of, like, how Black men in their communities, like, they turn, to, they turn to these, like, alternative methods to, like, provide and, like, gain success and wealth and power because they don't have, like, the other, like, legitimate legal means to, like, pursue that, like, efficiently, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And in the African-American community me speaking from like obvious experience um there are like there are many instances where like i'm told like as a young like black boy to like be a man or man up or like you have to do this you have to do that you have to provide for your family and like well i'm fortunate enough to have like the means necessary and like the opportunities to do that i know a lot of people and a lot of friends and a lot of even like family members of mine that don't have those means and they might have to turn to like alternative methods, like I said, to provide. And it's basically just like instituted like within the culture because they're thinking like, okay, they've been telling me all my life, like I need to provide for my family, I need to do all of this, but I don't have like the means to do it efficiently to like make my family happy and stable. So they turn to like different means that aren't legitimate, but they get the job done, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. In a way, in a large way, like in a very impactful way, we as black people are putting the pressure that white people have put on us and exuding it onto our black men. The men in general are seen or haven't seen for generations as the head of the household providers and all this stuff and putting that pressure among everything else that comes with being a black man putting that pressure on our black men is just it's just not fair then they're forced to look go to all these other methods to you know relieve that pressure of themselves and it just ends up being a cycle a cycle of whether it be crime addiction a cycle of mental health issues anything
0: yeah and that was the thing I was thinking of is that I feel like like I truly believe that if we solve the issue of like toxic masculinity we'll really be able to solve like a lot of issues within the world right. because like if you look at it like this this like incessant like primal need to like provide for your family or provide for, like, whoever, like, you need to provide for, whoever you need to um, make feel comfortable in your life, whoever your loved ones are, like, you're basically just, you're basically just, like, risking, I don't want to say risking your life, but, like, like, risking, like, your dignity, your credibility, just to make these things happen, because, like, this is what you've been taught. Like, you need to do anything you can to just make this seem like a necessary thing for you to do okay and welcome back we definitely (laughs) did not have technical difficulties there
1: no
0: um someone definitely didn't come into my recording recording space when i to. to. that definitely did not happen
1: just a short little commercial break that's all (laughs) (laughs) so
0: to pick up where we left off um basically i was saying about how um like black men in their society and our community were basically told to like do everything we can to you know like provide for our families. So Soraya, you wanna like talk about that?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, just to reiterate, you know, white people or America in general has always, literally always, inflicted racial pressure onto African Americans in general. So when you add that mixed with the pressure it is to be a man and be the dominant breadwinner of the family that we have been seeing throughout American culture as well. Those two pressures coming together. It just leads to um, mental issues and just, it can lead to addiction and crime and just any, any pressure, any, you know, <laughs> You know what I'm trying to say?
0: Yeah, I know. What, I know what you're saying. Like any like yeah. negative thing, like any negative thing that could happen, like it like yeah. a possibility could lead to it. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Um, yeah. like I wanted, to, I want to like use, like a like a good example of like a black man in like pop culture, and um, I don't know if you've seen it or read the book, but it's a movie called The Hate You Give. I have not
1: seen or read The Hate You Give yet.
0: Okay, yeah, so. It's, like, it's one of my favorite movies, but the father in the movie, his name is Maverick Carter, and he's, like, a great example of not, like, what a black man should be, but what a man should be, period. And How so? Um, He—I uh, don't want to, like, spoil the movie too much, but basically to give a background of his character, he basically—he he was he was a drug dealer, you know, like, he grew up in, like, a bad neighborhood— and he he took the fall, basically, for, like, his, like, his drug lord, I guess. Mm-hmm. He basically took the fall for his drug lord. And he got sent to prison for it. And as a result of this, like, he was given, like, a pardon from that life. And he used, like, the time he had after prison, basically, to, like, start a new life, start a new family. And he was living, like, a happy life. He was, like, he was running his own, like, store, his own business. He was basically just, like he was basically like providing for his family and like good on like good means if that Mm -hmm. makes sense yeah so yeah he like really like turned his life around he became like a good like a good strong like valid man and like I think like I think that's a good example of a man period not just like black men but a man in general like providing for your family loving your family things like that
1: I have two questions for you Hmm. based on your research would you say that every black man in those circumstances or just every black man in general has those um same opportunities and resources to get back on his feet like that
0: absolutely not because it is (laughs) it's it's (laughs) like it's reiterated in the in the story that he's not he's not the standard he's the exception you know like yeah like circumstances led to him being able to get out of that life and led to him being able to do that, you know, like, like he was put into a unique position, like he had to take the fall for his like, drug law or whatever. And that gave him the opportunity once he got out to start a new life. So like, that's an exception. Like, that's just like this one thing, you know, right. But the then point- oh, okay go
1: ahead. Ahead. I was just gonna ask you, also based on your research, or just your opinions in general, what would you say is like what would you, what kind of qualities would you say embodies a man like a real man
0: um it it's it's tough because i'm speak i, I want to speak from like the perspective of me cuz like as much, like i would like to say that i like i embody the traits that i want to like a real man to be Mm -hmm. But I would say like, like just like sensitivity towards those that like need it, like being able to care, being able to like provide. But that's like to an extent, you know, like making the attempt can be good enough sometimes. Like if you're making the attempt Mm -hmm. to provide, if you're doing everything you can, like that's all that can be asked from you. Like as like not even as a man, but as an individual, you know.
1: Right. So. Right.
0: I feel like like those are like the most important traits, sensitivity, you know, like being caring, being like like putting in effort, just things like that. Being able to like relate to people that aren't you and like empathizing and sympathizing with them instead of making everything about you.
1: Right. And that's like essential for all members of society.
0: Yeah. But um, the point uh, I was trying to make with like the uh, the character and the hate you give Maverick Carter, mm-hmm. he there was a point in the story where his daughter, his black daughter, brought home like a white, a, like a white boy after prom, and he had this little like insecure moment mm-hmm. where he was just like he was just like I guess I didn't like give you a good example of what a black man should be. Mm-hmm. and like that's what like that's that's the connection here is that he he felt like insecure because like he failed his daughter because he, like he failed his daughter like his daughter prefers like a white man over a black man more because like he gave like a bad example and like he set a bad example for her and that's the like the like that's one of the biggest insecurities in like the black community is that they're they're
1: always comparing themselves to white people
0: um or a way you're right in a way but it's more so like black men are afraid and I'm speaking from experience because I've had like these flashes of insecurity too but in a way I'm more afraid that I won't be able to provide for my family and like the way I Mm. feel like a stereotypical or like just like a white man in general like provide for his family
1: so back to the burden of being the head of the household and all that stuff
0: yeah it all it all relates it's like you said it's just all like one big cycle
1: yeah Um, how do we get out of it i don't
0: yeah i don't know that's that's the next question i was going to ask you actually (laughs) uh like how do you think how how do you think we fix this? Because like that's the toughest question. And if we obviously had an answer, like we wouldn't be in this problem. And we might have an answer. What I have seen is that men more men have
1: been tackling this uh the issue, starting with image, like the way we physically view men. Like more celebrities are breaking boundaries of fashion, like masculine fashion and female fashion. They're blurring the lines, like wearing dresses or skirts or, you know, just colors maybe, yeah. or colors that may signify or represent or symbolize more with feminism, or stereotypically. They have been blurring those lines and breaking those boundaries.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I feel like... um I want to make, I want to make this connection because I talked about this in my paper for a different culture, but um, K-pop basically uh, is like doing that too, where they're like, well, like men are like wearing makeup and stuff like that because they're like idols, they're like celebrities and stuff like that. And they're like trying to maintain like this image of themselves. And that's considered like effeminate in uh Chinese culture, but they're like going like great strides and they're like breaking these boundaries and stuff like that
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um i wanted to say like to relate that back to like african American, the african american community um i think a lot of the change in that has to do with um african american like rappers and hip-hop culture and culture like stuff like that in general too
1: culture that African Americans most directly link themselves to or feel more represented in yeah they they can most like effectively make change because they're I don't want to say this is the case universally, but because so many rappers talk about their lives from the hood or like growing up in the hood and things they've seen and shootings and drug dealings, a lot of stuff, people romanticize that lifestyle. So maybe if you know more black men or more well-known public figures or more well-known black male public figures go out and break the boundaries of masculinity, maybe they could make that mainstream.
0: Yeah, and I think um like I just want to give some examples here, but um basically the premise is like there are like two schools of thought, I guess, in uh hip hop culture where like the old like the old school of thought is like like you rap about like what you live through, I guess, and then another one like you're putting on a facade
1: Mm -hmm.
0: but like the main one is like you rap about what you've been through you rap about your feelings, you rap about your emotions because at the end of the day at the end of the day, sorry, it's all poetry so um, before like rappers were talking about like drugs and sex and everything like everything like that, like all of these like I want to say like provocative concepts Mm -hmm. to the point where like that was like, that was just like the lifestyle or like that was like the image in like the African American community's like mind but i feel like you can like you can see the change in our generation where it's gearing more towards like emotion and feeling because um if you like talk to African American like teenagers and things like that like that music isn't being listened to as much and it's being more geared to mm-hmm. emotions like um like Kid Cudi he was like the first rapper like almost to just rap about like depression and like serious topics like that and like being an african-american male and like I think it was 2008 or 2009 like that was a really big like that was a really big deal Mm -hmm. like it really helped and like it helped spawn like an era of like emotional hip-hop and rap that positively I want to say positively influenced um young black men like Lil Uzi Vert right. talked about emotions XXXTentacion talked about emotions just like all of these like new age rappers they're like using their platform to talk about topics that matter and their emotions and topics that could really help like young black men like find their way
1: and they really very, are very widely resonated with like when you had mentioned XXXTentacion, when he had died, it was kind of like, it almost shook the community because he was a very influential rapper being that he constantly talked about depression and mental health issues and things like that. Mm -hmm. So it just shows how much the the African-American community in general but specifically, black men, how much work there needs to be done for mental health within that group of people?
0: Yeah, and I think um, that's that's like one of the main aspects of it. But the other main aspects of it is fashion in hip hop because mm-hmm. that's taken that's taken. I think the biggest turn
1: mm-hmm.
0: because because it's more. Masculinity is more like a a physical thing.
1: It's not. It's not more like a, a physical thing, but the physicality of it, like how we see what the men look like, boils down to the way that they're treated and the way that they feel that they should act.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. I see. Um, because like probably the most famous, um, the most famous example of this is like you know, like the rapper Young Thug, like he wore a dress on like his um one of his album, album covers. Cover? Yeah, he wore a, like he wore like a long I think it was like purple. It was like lavender.
1: Purple pleated or something like that. Yeah. It was like it was like a
0: purple dress and he wore it and people were like, Why is this dude wearing a dress? And that was that wasn't even that long ago. That was in like twenty fifteen. We're almost in twenty twenty one. That was only like six years ago.
1: People like him and um Dennis Rodman with the piercing. Yeah, Dennis and like that. Rodman,
0: the old, is like an yeah, example. I know. Yeah, he's like the first that I can think of.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But they basically like like sparked a wave because now you now you see it like everywhere like you can Playboy see like, Cardi, yeah, Playboy Cardi. You know, like little little Uzi Vert. He has like purple hair and he has like these like sad and like happy like face tattoos or like like. But they're still emotional. seen
1: as like. Oh my gosh, what are they doing to themselves? Yeah. Why do they look like that? Is this y'all, is this y'all favorite rapper? All this stuff. Like people people in a way, like their supporters, they're getting more of their supporters to acknowledge what they're doing in their movement and that they're breaking these boundaries and expressing themselves and implementing that into their community. But in a way, there's also it's creating two like separate extremes where people who really support them love it and, you know, are encouraged or empowered to also break those ba- boundaries of masculinity. And also the opposite extreme where people are like, ill what are they doing? And just like basically bashing them. Because they don't look like the man that society has told them that men should men should look like.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that. Uh, I love that take on it. I think. Um... Oh my God, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I think like, <laughs> you're thinking like you might be thinking like like this. Like, what does this have to do with like toxic masculinity and things like that? But this is really, really like the most positive thing we have in terms of like breaking toxic masculinity is like. Like these rappers and these like basketball players or like these like icons that we have in general, they're just like breaking these boundaries Mm -hmm. and they're making people look at them like, look like, I hope like you're doing okay. Like, I hope you're doing all right. Like, I hope your life is going good. mm -hmm. But like, you
1: know, oftentimes the things that African, that the African immune, yeah, and The African American <laughs> community does rap about, like when they rap about mental health issues and all those types of things, it gets lost, it gets ignored within this bubble and this stereotype or assumption that they are just rapping about drugs and money and um, girls and just all this stuff. It just gets lost under that one bubble that People like to put a rap under yeah
0: people only but when you have it if it's controversial, yeah
1: right, <laughs> But when you have the fashion when you have fashion and when you have all these public figures it you can't you can't unsee that, you can't ignore it mm-hmm. because a lot of our black public figures are influential to any races and any ethnicities. So you know it's hard to ignore us when we're basically showing you, "Hey, this is who we are, and this is what we can do without your you know stereotypes and influences and stuff like that
0: yeah, I think it's um I think it really boils down to like the community itself, and I do believe that like we ourselves have to make a change and I like I Mm -hmm. hope I'm helping with that change but I think that you know like even like other black men and other like black women they look at like these like like this new wave and they say like this is like this is not manly at all like what are you doing and like they even go far to say like is he gay like this is like this is so gay and like that just stereotype like it's ingrained into people's minds and it's just holding us back as a community and as a society in general
1: i was um i was with one of my teachers the other day or not my teacher well coach teacher same thing and he we were at a park for our workout and he we saw a two men and then they were holding a dog, like, one of them was holding a dog in his coat, like, kind of, you know, nurturing it in the cold or whatever, mm-hmm. and he comes to me, he shakes his head, and I'm like, "What? what's the problem? And he's like, that's just so unmanly. Like, why are you holding a dog in the cold like that? Just, it's a dog, it has fur, put it on a leash. Like, it's not, it's not a baby, or, I don't know what what he was trying to get at but he just shook his head he was like that's not manly at all
0: yeah that's a that's 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 a big part of like my 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 issues and like where a lot of my like my dissatisfaction I guess right comes from it because like all of these like little like stereotypes and these little stigmas and these like tiny trivial petty like opinions you have on like what uh, like black men should act like like this is like that's what's holding like that's what's holding us back like it's really right it's really like, really like it's really affecting us
1: mind you my coach is also black and the two men were also black so it's just like why can't they, why can't black men be nurturing why can't they be sensitive why can't they be caring like what's so unmanly
0: about that yeah and um I just want I guess I, I guess the way I wanted to like end this would just be to like provide like I guess like some concepts or some questions for people to think about so um like that like that leads really well into like one of them is like there are like multiple different angles or like multiple different like reasons black men are struggling with their masculinity now. And one of them is, like, the obvious, like, institutionalized racism. But another one is, like, the, like, the stereotypes and the stigmas that even, like, black. Implicit
1: racial biases. Yeah.
0: And, like, the black culture, like, we have on, like, ourselves and, like, black men have on themselves to act, like, a certain way. Because, as you said, like, e like even, like, other black men are, like, ridiculing and criticizing their, like, fellow, like, their fellow peers or their their fellow black men. For like doing like trivial things, and like that affects with somebody's like mental like really badly,
1: I would just want people to think to themselves, think about the black men in their life, whether it be their father's, brothers, uncles, or their friends, and just or or just any black stranger you see on the street, just think of how you view the black man. And you might you might think, "Oh, of course that all black men aren't the same, and I, I don't have stereotypes about black men or any biases, but just think deep inside like about how you view them because there's so much pressure on the black man throughout like more than there, maybe more than there's ever been in history, but there's just so much pressure on the black men, just think about." How your just one small opinion or one small view that you have can change to mitigate that issue and just, you know, like
0: <laughs> I see what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah.
1: <laughs> just like just rethink it because that's little little small opinions like that are the reason why we have police brutality or mass incarceration or why the entire or why the entire black community has issues accessing mental health or uh, adequate education. Just think about your future and where you see going yourself going and how one small opinion or bias that you may or may not have can impact your
0: role as a global citizen. It's a butterfly effect. Right. Um yeah, um <laughs> I just want to like leave y'all with like one like little like if if you learn like nothing from this podcast, I hope, <laughs> I hope you did, but if you've like learned nothing, then um at least do this for me. Like at least like go like if you have a black man in your life or like you have a black like male friend or like maybe just a friend in general if you just want to like do a nice thing even if you don't just like like go to them and just like ask them if they're doing all right ask them if they're doing okay because speaking from like speaking from experience like me like me as a like a young black man like enough like enough people don't ask me like if i'm doing okay if i'm doing all right like am i okay am i doing all right like just like those types of questions because like that can like really help a person like <laughs> It can, like, it can, like, really, like, change someone's perspective. It can, like, make their day. Like, they could be down bad, and you probably just save them right there.
1: Yeah, just let them know. Let the Black men in your life know that you hear them, that you're here for them. Because a lot of them are alone and dealing with things on their own because they're supposed to, society says that they're supposed to be strong and all this stuff and even even if they they choose not to tell you what's going wrong, or they choose to tell you that yeah, they're fine, just keep just keep letting them know that you are there for them,
0: at least they know you care, yeah, so um, yeah, if you're still here, like thanks for like listening this long. <laughs> I noticed like this was like kind of long, it probably took a good amount out of your day, so if you're mm-hmm. still here, um, thank you for listening um it's just some food for thought so um
1: yeah thank you for having me jakai
0: welcome Soraya. thank you for coming and with that (laughs) we would like to say goodbye and have a great day